Hi everyone and welcome to Avid Travel with Britton Frost. I of course am your host Britton Frost and today we have a very special guest Samantha Brown. Now you might know Samantha Brown from her various TV shows. She's had so many um, but she is just she is a travel icon and being able to sit with her and talk to her and even just to pick her brain a little bit was such an incredible opportunity. So we're going to skip over our cruise news today. I'm running this on both sites. If you do want to keep up with the latest cruise news, you can check that out over at the blog on Avid Cruiser and River Cruise Advisor. But without further ado, let's just get into it. I am so excited. I cannot wait any longer. Oh my goodness, everyone. I cannot believe the name that is about to come out of my mouth, our guest today for our podcast. We have Samantha Brown, and I am so excited. I've been watching Samantha Brown on television forever. We watched your videos in my Spanish class in high school, (laughs) and I am just so excited to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm doing really good, and nothing makes me smile more than when people tell me that I was taught in their class. Yes. Like you've, you've made a different level of, I don't know, influence in young people's lives when you are entered into a classroom and an educational program. Every day that my teacher would say that we were watching Samantha Brown, everyone was just so happy. That was our Yay. favorite thing to do. <laughs> but today we're talking about river cruising. So that is something, is that something that's new for you doing river cruising? Yes, my first river cruise was last year, but it has been on my bucket list for easily 15 years um, when I first realized you could do a river cruise. You know, to me, cruising were uh, big, massive ships and pulling into tropical destinations or Alaska or Europe. And uh, so this toward, you know, sort of intimate way of sailing, of, of experiencing a place was uh, definitely new to me, even in my, all my experience of traveling. Um, from uh, just last year was my first. Yeah. And so just to kind of give a backstory, you're going to name Ama Waterway's newest ship, Ama Magna, which Mm -hmm. started sailing in May. And that's going to be in Austria on July 11th. And I will be there. So hopefully I'll get to see you in person. um, Oh, great. And say hello. But have you, you know, have you done anything like this before? Kind of a naming ceremony? No. I mean, I feel like I'm royalty now. (laughs) Um, When... Emma Waterways um, asked me uh, if I would, you know, uh, be the godmother of the new Emma Magna. I was, I was, I was floored. I have never been um, uh, given that honor, and of course, it is such an honor. I always knew that, you know, women got to do it. That they're always godmothers of ships. Um, so to 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 get receive that honor um, was so so wonderful. Yeah, and what I mean, what kind of what made you say yes? What what was so appealing about it for you? Well, one, I think just the, you know, the people um, of uh, Emma Waterways, getting to know them personally. Yeah. I've gone to their, actually, their their offices three times now and met everyone who works with them. Um, and just everyone from their staff to the owners, just exceptional people. And it's something that over the course of my 20 years of, of doing travel, it is what I have always tried to put at the forefront of who I am, which is just the quality of experience. And, um, and I just found that their experience was um, just exceptional. So the fact that they saw the same in me 
knowing their product, um, I was really, um, really uh, flattered to be included in that in their world. Yeah, and it is true. I mean, I did a cruise with them a couple of months ago, and just their brand, everyone that works there is so nice and so passionate. And and it's a testament to you. And, And as you say, like, it's kind of looking at this product and realizing that you want to be represented in this way and that they want to be represented in this way and that it's kind of this mutual honor almost. It really is. It's that it's that synergy. And a lot of times in the travel world, you don't necessarily kind of um, have such a cohesion with even massive brands or smaller brands. There's just something about them that you're like, you know, I just feel like we're not kind of on the same um, track. We're on different tracks and each track is good, but we're not on the same and so to be on the same with them, I, I felt was, uh, again, just a, a, a perfect match. Yeah. And you mentioned that you had gone to the office and um, in California a few times. What kind of involvement have you had in this process, in the naming ceremony? Oh, zero. I'm just showing up and looking good. And <laughs> I'm going to throw a bottle of champagne at it. It's the best. I think I'm pulling up in a carriage. I have no idea. Okay. It's, it's for me, it's like, um, uh, the, uh, you know, I know when I need to be there, you know, my whole family's going, which is really wonderful. Even my mother-in-law and my father-in-law are going. And so, um, I just, I know there is sort of a very official ceremony and there's a way things are done and I'm just uh, there to be a part of that way. Okay. So you're just going to show up and do what you're supposed to do. Yes. Yes. Have you seen the ship already? I have. Well, I follow them on Instagram, of course, and their Instagram stories are just full of all the amazing rooms and the media room and the yoga and the workouts wellness center and and the new alfresco dining and i'm like oh my goodness that's my ship it's incredible it really is i do feel like i you know that i am a part of this and she's a part of me and we're gonna have a great relationship yeah yeah are you gonna be able to sail when you do the naming ceremony are you gonna stay on board for a while oh yeah i'm on board the entire time okay well then i am sure that i will see you at least once I'll be there for the seven days. Yeah, is it seven days? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It, for me, it's a little convoluted. It's um, strange because we're then, I'm there sh- then shooting Places to Love in Vienna and then in Budapest. And so I'm just, I just know I'm gone for like 30 days and I don't know where <laughs> at any particular time. It's just like, like some my, things are in the middle. Yeah, some things are in the middle. I think there's a trip to Budapest. I just, I know I have to pack a lot of underwear and, and a toothbrush. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that actually leads me into another question, kind of straying away from Alma Waterways for a second, because I do want to get some travel tips from you, because when I think of travel, I think of two names which may not be a good thing since I work in the travel industry, but I think of Mm -hmm. Rick Steves and I think of Samantha Brown. So when did you realize that you wanted to travel for a living and that was going to become your career path? I actually uh, surprisingly only realized it about four years into actually having the job. Okay. Um, Having the job of travel is very uh, arduous. It takes you away 230 days at a time. Um, Long days shooting. Um, and it's a very, very different experience than just being a traveler and having fun. And and when you are on camera, you are on. And that kind of schedule was um, just uh, uh, really hard to to acclimate to. Um, and 
I found really that I wanted to be a traveler when we did um, uh, my Latin American series for the Travel Channel. And I realized that there wasn't, um, I think Europe kind of puts you in this, all these things you have to do mm-hmm. that everyone to- tells you you have to do. And there's, you know, Americans have such an affinity towards Europe. And there's so many greatest hits and so many must-sees that we rarely try to have a more personal experience with Europe. And with Latin America, it doesn't have all the infrastructure and all the pomp and circumstance that Europe has. So you mm-hmm. just spend time being yourself and being in the moment and just being with the people as they are today. And you're not in the past as much. And yeah. I, fell in, I fell in love with that type of travel. And I didn't realize that that type of travel was possible. I thought that travel was about going to the Louvre and then the Musée d'Orsay and okay we've got to see the Mona Lisa and then we've got to go to the Eiffel Tower and all these things and I didn't realize that um that um uh, you you could do things that weren't on the top 10 lists yeah and so then from then on from Latin America I realized oh no I love to travel because I get to be with people and I get to understand their everyday lives and that for me when I realized my own sort of love of travel was not seeing the greatest hits um, was really just being with people. And I had a knack for being with people as well, even if we didn't speak the same language. That's when I totally fell in love with travel. And from then on, I just approach every single destination as I have and enjoyed Latin America, which is who are the people? Who are they now? What do they do now? And let's get to know them. Yeah. And I think that it is such an important um kind of or distinction but just to put emphasis on the fact that there are different types of travel and while going to museums and seeing these sites can be for some people it's obviously if you're only going to go to a destination once you kind of want to see those top tens as you said but once you start revisiting destinations and appreciating cultures and finding those hidden gems that is something that I I love so much about traveling it sounds like you kind of appreciate the same things. Yeah, I agree. And I think you brought up a really important subject, and that is not everyone gets to go back to these places. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, um, this is their only time. I was with, uh, we were at the Met with my daughter, and we're downstairs at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and we're um, having a little snack, and I'm next to a family, and the father is like, hey, we got to do this, and we have to see this. It's really important that we see this painting, this work of art. And, like, and he said, guys, this is a once-in-a-lifetime trip. And it just hit me what families um, and everyone who travels deals with in terms of budget, time, and privilege. And um, and so I never want to be that person who's like, oh, the Eiffel Tower isn't important. Um, but what I do like to show is another way in, another perspective. So we care about it and we slow down and we take a time, mm-hmm. take the time to enjoy it and not just feel like we have to just check things off our list. That there is absolutely within those greatest hits a way to have a more personal moment with them and understand why they are a greatest hit. And, um, and so, uh, and to, so people recognize that, Oh no, I don't have to do everything, but if I do like four things really well, I will have had a life changing experience. Yeah. And I think that you've kind of touched on this in that maybe trying to find other ways to approach these destinations or kind of to stray off the beaten path a little bit, but what are some top tips that you have for travelers, American travelers specifically, going to Europe maybe for the first time? I think a great thing to do, of course, you know, you have the things, especially with Europe, you have those things that you've dreamt your entire life you were going to see. And so definitely do those things. Um, They should absolutely be on your bucket list. But um, what I always like to tell people is to have that sort of off the beaten path, more local experience, 
you actually don't have to go as far as you think. Usually, if you, you know, say you go to Paris and you're, the, you're on the Champs-Élysées, just one or two blocks over, those, per, those side streets are where the locals are. They mm-hmm. don't go to the main street. Like, New Yorkers don't go to Times Square. Mm-hmm. But if you go two blocks away to, like, Ninth Avenue, well, that's where all the locals are. That's where the local shops are. That's where it's less expensive, which is always a factor in people's travels. How do we save money? Yeah. So I always say explore the side streets. Use that use that main tourist area as a jumping off point to find and to wander and meander and explore something a little more, again, local and more intimate and not where everybody is. So uh, and then you're going to you're actually going to have a better time when you are away from where the crowds are. And it's surprisingly um, easy to get to that. So if you're like I remember um, being in uh, in Venice and you're, you know, you're, you're with like 40,000 people in St. Mark's Square. It's unbelievable. And it's in, t- and in my opinion, it's awful. Yeah. Even, even the first time I showed up, I'm like, I, I, I don't, this is awful. <laughs> this is not what I thought. This is not and for so, me. This is not for me. And, you know, you go 10 minutes in any direction and you are away from all of that. And now you are with the local people. Like the, the people, the tourists who really just are the travelers and stuff that just want to have that kind of, I'm here, I did it, go experience. They don't, they don't venture past that point. But if you do, then you're, you, you experience a different place and you didn't have to go that far to experience it. Yeah. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like there's always this off the beaten path travel and where the locals go and what. And so you think you have to take, you know, Ubers hours away and, and you have to walk great distances or take a cab or, and you don't, you, you just have to walk 10 minutes in any direction yeah. of that main thoroughfare or that main center and you've got a place that that is distinctly more um, just just normal. Yeah. And I think that with river cruising, especially, that's something that you're able to do really easily, because oftentimes when you're going to places, when you're booking hotels and you're staying in hotels and you go to get advice, it's always, well, this is really popular and this is something that a lot of people love. And obviously, when you're in a hotel, you can kind of ask those questions, too, about like, well, what's something that's not going to be as busy or something that you like or your family likes? But when you're river cruising and you're finding your way into a city center from the ship, if you're walking, you you can get drawn in so many different locations and kind of find those places that we're talking about. Yeah. And I think with, you know, one thing I did not expect, uh, which I loved about river cruising, is that that river itself slows you down. Mm -hmm. And it, it reminds you, slow down. And so you take that pace with you when you enter into these massive, you know, sometimes overwhelming cities. Um, uh, overwhelming in terms of their beauty, their architecture, their offerings. You have so much to do. But you that, that river and that pace stays within you. And you calm down and you slow down and you enjoy now being on land in the same way you enjoyed being on the river. And I really love that compatibility, what that rip being on that river taught you as a traveler yeah and just kind of being able to take in everything as you sail too Mm -hmm. and and really you know we're talking about off the beaten path but also going looking at these cities that may not be marquee destinations and you're not able to go into them maybe but just to pass by them and really appreciate the beauty I think that's something that I really really love about river cruising and I don't know if you did a lot of that kind of watching when you were on the river boat, but just sitting outside and just taking everything in, I think is one of the most special parts of that mode of travel. 
Totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. It's that, you know, that it's a corny saying, right? It's not the destination, it's the journey, you know, but that it really is when you're, when you are on, um, on a river cruise, you're you realize, oh, it really is the journey Yeah, because it's just as beautiful. And, uh, and okay. So you mentioned underwear and a toothbrush, but it's all you need. It's all you need. (laughs) We wrote a story about packing tips a few weeks ago and, um, I work with my father, so he wrote a story about kind of pack as little as you need and and just don't haul a bunch of luggage around. And my packing advice was the complete opposite. Put as much as you can fit into a suitcase, mm-hmm. you know, have options. What are your top maybe three packing tips? Oh, boy. Um, you know, it obviously depends on the length. If 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 any of my trips are over, five days, I check a bag. So I bring a larger suitcase. I am not one to sit there and squeeze things into tiny tubes, hoping I get all my shampoo or I just, I, I hate that. So I just, there's a cap and I'm like, I'm checking a bag. And I love the freedom of saying I'm checking a bag and I don't have to deal with that bag until, you know, I get to my destination. But I understand the whole losing luggage thing. But anyway, um, uh, I, um, for me, I always tell people, you know, you, you, uh, I load up on tops and not pants because mm-hmm. pants actually take up a lot of room and they, they provide a lot of bulk. And so, um, you know, we're in the summer months, so maybe it's easier because our clothes are lighter. But I feel like, you know, so if you have a pair of black pants, a nice pair of dark jeans, a white pair and a khaki, that's really all you need. If you're going away for seven days, you don't need seven pairs of pants. I make sure that each pair of pants I can wear at least three times before I need to wash them. So three times four is 12. So that gives me 12 days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, my goal is always to go travel two weeks uh, worth of clothing in a carry on bag. But I find that tops are really important because we sweat a lot. We mm-hmm. sweat through tops. And so I maximize the amount of tops, minimize pants. And then I always do a little bit of laundry, like in, in, in the sink, you know, wash things out like a top or two. You know, pants are difficult. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm perfectly fine doing a little bit of laundry. Um, on the road in a sink. I can. Ne- I never have enough time in a hotel to actually send my lug- my laundry out. It's not going to come back in time. Yeah. Um. So and then shoes. Shoes are my nemesis. I absolutely minimize shoes. They take up way too much room. And uh, so for me, my comfy pair of shoes is the shoes that I'm going to be traveling with on the plane, and then what I'm going to be walking around seeing the sights. So if I'm walking around Vienna. Those are my shoes that I, you know, used to get through the airports. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll have a nice dressy pair and then maybe one other like pair of ballet flat or something. Yeah. But shoes will take up all that valuable space. I, and yeah. Another tip I tell people is that bring old things that you don't really want anymore. Like I always save old sneakers that I think, oh, I'm going to throw these out or maybe donate. And then I take them on my trip and then I leave them there after I've used them. And now I have more space in my luggage coming home because obviously you're going to buy things on yeah. your trips. Yeah. So a way to kind of create that space, especially if you're uh, one of those carry on people who will, you know, not check a bag, um, bring old things, especially shoes and leave them there. Little note, housekeeping. Hey, don't want these anymore. And now you have my gosh, 20% more space, especially if you're a man, you've got big, big feet, those men. So <laughs> yeah, I left a pair of heels on my last cruise because they broke. And I was like, well, they were yeah. on their last leg anyway. Perfect. Exactly. <laughs> They're going in the bin. Um, and then kind of one last question before we wrap up, this is kind of a silly one. What is your most embarrassing travel moment? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Most embarrassing travel moment. We Um, read that you were stuck in a toilet once. 
Oh my, thank you for reminding me. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> yes, it was. It was my own toilet, thank goodness, in my hotel room, but I had just arrived um, from uh, coming from New York to Switzerland. Then we drove from, I believe, Zurich to, oh, some beautiful mountain town. And um was so excited because I was going to head out, take a little jog, maybe go for a swim in the lake, and went to the bathroom, and the lock broke and fell off, and the door was locked. Oh, my God. And I, you know, I'm just sitting there in a, you know, it's one of those rooms where the, the toilet is separate. It's like its own little closet. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, my gosh. And so, you know, I was, so it, it was awful because I was sitting there going, you know, help, help. But I didn't want it to sound like I was like in danger help. I just was like, you know, if someone could help me, help. And then it's, I started to panic because I then start to like um, hearing myself say help. I've started to panic a little. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we can't say help. And then I thought my crew would find me because we always have, they're with like seven other people and we have a meeting and they never came and got me. They just thought I was sleeping. And my husband actually called and said, hey, where's Samantha? And they're like, and like he's like, I can't get a hold of her. Like, oh, she's sleeping. He's like, she's sleeping. It's Europe. Go wake her up. <laughs> like, she can't be sleeping right now. And, then and that's when they found me four oh hours God. later. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, but the whole but the whole staff knew and um, and uh, yeah, yeah. And we know like, now. So yeah, exactly. I got locked in a bathroom. I mean, not in the in the grand scheme of things, not a bad 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 experience. But yeah, four hours in a bathroom when you should be out walking around Switzerland. Not fun pretty long time yeah well, thank you so much for joining me today i really appreciate it oh my my pleasure thank you so much for joining me today on avid travel with britain frost i hope that that episode was as exciting for you all as it was for me um but as always have a great week And I will see you next time. Bye.